Hey, everyone. Welcome to Queerly Recommended, the podcast where we recommend queer books, films, TV shows, and more. I'm Tara Scott. I review sapphic fiction at the Lesbian Review and Smart Bitches Trashy Books. And this week, I am recommending a video game, an indie, that was released earlier this year. And I'm Chris Bryant, a contemporary romance writer for Bold Strokes Books. And this week, I'm recommending a reality TV show on Netflix. As always, we just want to take a minute to thank everyone who supports the show, uh, whether through our coffee, signing up for the newsletter. We do have links to both in there. Thank you for the reviews and ratings on the podcast apps. Um, and if you want to do one more thing, please just tell a friend about the show if you think they need queer media recommendations. So, Chris. Yes. You checked on the status of the Hollywood strikes. And for people that aren't familiar, just as a reminder, until the WGA and the SAG-AFTRA strikes are over, we're not covering struck work. Struck work means any work that was created under the current contracts because they're trying to negotiate for new contracts. And of course, because SAG hasn't had a strike since the 1960s, that means basically any scripted TV shows or movies that have happened since then um how are they going yeah um so i checked on the status and it looks like there is no end in sight mm -hmm. yeah i mean some of the some shows some of the reality not reality shows but like the talk shows the daytime talk shows yes. some of those are starting up and i know that uh drew barrymore had a lot of backlash yes she got starting she up disinvited from hosting some kind yes. of awards show or something right yeah and then about you know i wish i would have read up on it more about what happened with her but she ended up you know doing a mass apology and saying that she was she was gonna hold off on the season mm -hmm. opener too so i think that's good i mean that i mean we're all we're trying to support and get more for the writers who like you said really haven't had anything good happen and since we've been alive so so the writers, yeah, that's that's the actors. The writers strike more often, which is good. But it was interesting to see because the I saw some of that too. A lot of the talk shows are coming mm -hmm. back. So Drew Barrymore, I think, was the first to announce it. Right. And then it's like really rapidly kind of announced that like the talk, the view, Kelly Clarkson, a lot of them are coming back and they say they're doing it without their writing staff. Right. The one that I think is especially interesting and is also <laughs> causing some controversy is Bill Maher is bringing his back. And I mean, I think Bill wow. Maher is a colossal asshole anyway, but he said, you know, we really want to respect the strike. So no monologue, no, no jokes. No, it's just going to be strictly like a panel discussion. But Bill Maher is a member of the WGA. Oh, wow. So... Plus, does he even think on his own? I mean, <laughs> doesn't he need writers to put those thoughts? I'm sure he's smart, but a lot of the stuff is written for but him. He, because he is a writer, <laughs> he for sure is scabbing. Yeah, that like, sucks. It's not even it's it's not even a question. So. Yeah, it's pretty gross, but we're going to keep doing what we're doing. We're going to continue with documentaries. Video games are still fair play as of the day that we're recording this, September 17th. Right. I did say, I did see that the voice actors in video games may end up striking as well at some point. And if that happens, then I'll stop covering games that have voice acting. But yeah, hopefully, I did hopefully see all love documentaries and reality shows. <laughs> I mean, I did see that some of the networks are actually teaming up with the streaming services that actually created shows themselves, and uh -oh. they are putting them on their uh, networks for like season openers, season starters. Oh, that's interesting. Did you also see uh, the um, Taylor Swift's concert movie and what, yeah. what happened with that? It was so... No super interesting so the way she did it is extremely in solidarity with the striking okay. because she skipped the studios it was all produced kind of by her teams and instead of going and selling it to the studio who would then distribute it they went directly to amc oh so 
for okay so for the folks that are outside of the u.s amc is they're just they're movie theater chain right right the biggest probably yeah that we have yes and it's making so much money it is it's breaking records so i think where it's really interesting (laughs) is that it's sort of showing do we need studios like studios do pay for things to be produced but i kind of love that the way she did it gave such a middle finger and showing you're gouging there Mm -hmm. are other ways to do this it helps with distribution i mean is an indie film production crew going to be able to get the same reach that they would without being picked up by you know say one of the big studios probably not but i wonder if you know the corporate greed is going to lead to some interesting options around getting your content out there in a way that's sustainable and everybody can get paid and that it works so yeah right did you have anything else new happen this week no i'm just like slipping into my new job or the new role responsibility oh Um, yeah how's that going so it's going really well you know i i got to be i got to like unleash the beast so to speak and um it was kind of fun ish because i got to flex a little mm-hmm. so i uh, got an answer to something that we had been waiting months on and after hounding this person we finally got our answer so it was just it was it's very tedious and it's very oh i have to remember to do this and oh i have to remember to do that so there's a lot of things that there's a lot of things up in the air i'm juggling quite a bit so but it's going well it's i think it's going well it's mm-hmm. just taking a lot of my time and yeah. why do I have to go in the office every day? Do you have to go to the office every day? There are so many meetings. It's insane. Like there's so many meetings that I don't even need to be a part of. But because I'm now in this upper branch, I have to go to all the meetings. And I don't, mm-hmm. it's just kind of a waste of my time because it really doesn't matter what I say or do. I'm just there as a person. Like I'll just say, oh yeah, that's great. Oh, I don't like that idea. And that's it. Mm. or i say nothing at all so just invite me to the meetings where like my opinion's gonna matter and make a difference and omit me from meetings that don't involve me yeah that's so. not fun and I then somebody, i used to work with somebody who used to like as a meeting request came in it was kind of was like oh you're spicy but also like i kind of admired it she would send back a note saying what is this about just to like just to interrogate like do I actually need to be here? I'm not sure this is a good use of my time. And I've never seen anybody do that before. And it was like, uh, so, I mean, maybe you could take some inspiration from my spicy former coworker and just do that. What's this? Why do I need to be here? Like, do I need to be here? What if I live my life somewhere else? Not here in this meeting where you don't need me. (laughs) Well, I went on on Friday. So my days I work from home are now Monday and Friday. Mm-hmm. And I have yet to experience that schedule because there have been meetings. And so Friday's meeting got canceled and nobody told me. So I walk in and I'm hanging out. And then at 10 o'clock, I'm like, hey, when's this meeting happening? They're like, oh, we canceled it. We're sorry. And I'm like, what? Wait, d- is there not like a calendar that everybody on the office is on? So there the- is a calendar and they just didn't cancel it. Rude. Very rude. So I was like, fine. Okay. So I left at lunchtime. I, I took a late lunch because then I noticed like the, okay, so this kind of falls into what else, what's been going on with me. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to like lead into that. Mm-hmm. So for example, like one of the things I've been watching lately is football, American football, because it's back mm-hmm. on and you know mm-hmm. how big of a football hog I am. I love it. And so one of my passions is collecting football cards. Mm-hmm. And I think I mentioned that before. We've talked did. about the football yeah, you cards. Yeah, about it recently. So I was waiting on a pack of football cards and it was going to be delivered to my office. And so it was kind of like when I got the info that the meeting had been canceled, I was like, shit. And then I was like, and then I got a notification that I was getting a package. I was like, Ooh. so I waited around for this package, but it didn't end up, it didn't show up until much later. Uh, and then one of the... Um, Uh, admin people actually she doesn't live very far from me Mm -hmm. so she took it home and i picked it up friday night so so sweet anyway but i also found out that the card company was fired by the nfl 
So now I'm wondering. Are they legit? Well, they're legit. They've been doing it forever. I'm just wondering if the value of my cards, because of Panini, uh, I'm wondering if they are still going to have value. I mean, I think that they will, because it's about the player, not necessarily about the card. If you have a player's rookie card, regardless of who it is, uh-huh. whether it's, you know, like, it's 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 weird because, like, baseball cards are, most people think of, like, upper deck or tops for baseball cards. But those companies also do football cards, but they're not nearly as cool as the Panini cards. So mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on in my football card world. I don't really know. I don't know either. You could have just been telling me about the different parts of the tarot deck and I would have understood. <laughs> been like, what? Sure, well. yes. <laughs> yes. And so so let's go back to what. So I have been watching football. My team lost the first game, which has never happened with this quarterback. And the first, like in September, we've never lost a game with this quarterback. And let me start off also by saying that it, it's, been, it's been very stressful for my team because yeah. we had a player hold out for money. And he is a very big player for us. And the whole stress of, will he be back in time for the season opener? Will he not be back in time? Mm -hmm. And he's a defensive player. So we were all stressed about that because our defense sucks and we need him. And then our tight end, our offensive player, the the best player, best tight end that's ever played the position, Travis Kelsey got hurt. And so he missed the first game. So we went in not knowing if he was going to play until like that day. I think it might have been the day before when they called it that he wasn't going to play. So, like, we were all really sad going into this game because we were, like, we had the whole stress of, you know, trying to sign this guy. And then our main guy getting hit and get or getting hurt during practice. So, it's been very stressful. So, we sucked the first game. And hopefully this game, everybody's back healthy and we're yes. going to do well. Anyway, luck, so I've been watching. Yes. Thank Good you. Also, my Chiefs. Woo. Man, I can't believe I managed to keep a straight face while you said tight ends twice in a row. Right. Each time in my head was just butts. (laughs) Let me tell you. So football is very like this. Some of the stuff they say, if you're not, if you're not following the game, it's a little bit of homoeroticism. There's there's a lot going on there. (laughs) Right. And so I I try to like, you know, maintain a straight face when I watch these, you know, and I listen to the commentary, just the whole entire commentators mm-hmm. what they say and how they say it it's just like come on yeah they give a better yourself? way to say squirt <laughs> you know oh he squirted through i'm like <laughs> so. <Did he> do? <laughs> i don't want to know that's personal <laughs> i just want to know did he get the first down that's all i want to know so i have been watching a lot of football and mm-hmm. i have also i'm still watching alone guess what it's back yay it's back i don't know where it went for two weeks but it's back so now they have survived 11 days. There are six people left with one dropping out. Like the very tail end of this, this uh, episode, this last episode, they were mm-hmm. calling in. They were tapping out. That's what mm-hmm. they do. They call in. They say, hey, I'm tapping out. And it's still a horrible place where they are in Australia. Still a horrible <laughs> place. And uh-huh. people should not try living there. And if there was an apocalypse, I can guarantee you the people will not be living on the shore. They would be moving inland. And trying to like work inland, trying to figure mm. some system out because it is awful. Like the, it is not, people should not live there. And like mm-hmm. the rivers, I say rivers, they're like the little lakes, the little mm-hmm. inland things, they, it's full of dead trees. So like you could die, you can impale yourself. Oh, geez. Like two feet in and you would like, if you slip in the water, you could like die because there's a bunch of dead trees at the bottom. This place is horrible. Like Holy I would, shit. I, you know, it's funny. I was like, oh, a bunch of pansies, like you know tapping out early but oh my gosh like it's horrible it's horrible and so what else uh well i still haven't found my muse like i was supposed i don't know i i was supposed to start writing this book september 1st that was the deadline i gave myself Mm -hmm. and i have barely cracked open the laptop so i'm probably Mm -hmm. gonna have to add or ask for an extension Although I did wake up thinking about it today. So at least I know Ooh. that there's there's some little spark that's in there that makes me, okay, all right, I'm still going to write this book. It's just, it's a little struggle. Take it's a struggle. A time. Well, maybe your muse was just doing a little nap while you were starting this new job. That could be it too. That could be mm-hmm. it. So, and I need to, I need to quit binging everything and I need to actually buckle down and, and get to it. So mm-hmm. that is what I have been watching and doing. What about you? All right. So 
since we last spoke where I brought up the new Drag Race Down Under series, it finished. Hooray! Oh, yay! Um, and the person who won is funny. There were some seasons where I complained, especially recently, that like it was just so clear who was going to win right. all the way through. And I think the winner, and I mean, it's it's out there now, so we're not going to spoil anything, was Ivis, what is her name? Iris Avis Loren, I think. And from the very beginning, this queen was one of the strongest. But at the same time, it was such a strong group that I wasn't actually sure at first who was going to win. And if I look at like who I thought in the first episode, okay, I think the top four is probably going to be these people. She was in it, but... I'm not sure the other two necessarily would have been in it for me. Mm. So it was really interesting in the sense that I could not predict who the top four were going to be. There were some people that ended up being way better than I thought. Like one of the people in the top three showed up in the first episode in like her garments. It was all done out of yarn. And it was like, what the fuck is happening here? (laughs) And then you find out later on because she admits she wanted everyone to underestimate her. And so showed up looking totally bonkers and then just had this incredible growth trajectory. So it was, I don't know. I thought it was a fun season. Mm. I saw, I can't remember which um, publication in Australia that was talking about it not being great, but I was like, I don't know, man. Like if you compare it to that first season, (laughs) it's way better. Second season I quite liked, but it was good. In terms of where I'm at with Alone, I finished Mm. the first season. Yay. What did you think of the winner? (laughs) So it was who I thought was going to win. Okay. Actually. Now I do think it helped that I've already asked you, what do you think it takes to win? And your answer was gain 40 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) Because when you look at the two guys that made it to the final two, they were two. I wouldn't say either of them were fat. And even if they were, I wouldn't care. Like it's, you know, they fluffed up. I think fat is a neutral term. But they did have some extra weight on them so that they actually had something to lose as they were going along because there were some people who didn't necessarily have that. And I think the thing that was so interesting for me towards the end was seeing the people like nobody got pulled from the season. Okay, so it was all people either saying i mean there was one guy who had to go because he was drinking contaminated water he started hallucinating (laughs) as soon as he was he's in his tent and he's like shivering he's like i see lights i'm like you gotta go home my dude you're (laughs) fucked like this is not okay um but you know towards the end it was mostly people saying yeah i think i'm done like what do i have to prove i think this is fine And it just made me wonder, like, did they know in this first season that there was $500,000 on the line? But I think, (laughs) yeah, I would hope so. But I think that's where it works, that they have no idea where they're at. Like, they don't know if they're Mm -hmm. first out. They don't know if they're second last out. And getting to see some of those guys find out, because this was one of the seasons where a lot of people tapped out very quickly because of the animals, which, like... Fair enough. You're in. You're in right. Northern but that's a, Vancouver you know better. Island in BC. Well, yeah, right. So, like the 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 guy on the first episode saying, "I'm never going home," and then a bear is literally brushing on his tent, and he's like, "Fuck this! I got right. kids." And so he's. And so it was like bear, wolves, bear. Is there a wolverine in this one? Oh, bear! Bear. There was like three or four people that left because of bears. Oh, there was well, cougar. So, like, that's the whole thing. It's like, you know, the whole struggle between structure and food. Like, if you have bears and you know that there are active bears in the area, like, hey, guess what? Maybe not just have a tarp for a shelter. Maybe, like, use some, like, you know, wood and build a yeah. shelter, you know? Yes. And then, like, spend three days and build a really good shelter. Use the the stored energy and, and your body fat for that. Mm-hmm. And then go looking for food. Like in a situation like that, if you're just like on a yeah. beach somewhere, you know, like nothing's going to kill you. Yeah. Maybe do some fishing and get some food before you set up a permanent mm-hmm. shelter. But yeah. And so, and you'll notice in the future alone, it's like all the people who are like are super fit. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, 
no, you need to bulk up for this. You need to have the extra pounds that you can lose later. Oh yeah. There's for sure. definite, definite <clears throat> concerns for some of those people. I felt really sad though, when I started the second season. Well, I mean, I was, I was excited to see that. Holy shit. There's actually women on this season. Yeah. And it sounds if we're willing to trust you know, people on Reddit saying they used to work with one of the people, like one of them was maybe trans, which is kind of cool. Although, unfortunately, you know, that contestant passed away because I was like, oh, we should interview her. We can't. She's yeah, no. no longer here. But they had they also had the first black contestant. I almost mm -hmm. said character. These are not characters. The people. <laughs> uh, they are people. And he had to go home in the first episode because there were so many bears in his area. And it was like. That almost felt unfair. Like, I get that it's sort of one of those, like, the campsites are what they are. And, you you know, you get what you get. And right. You don't get upset. And if there's too many animals, you go home. Mm -hmm. But I just thought it was a shame that, like, finally we have the first. Because the first season is nothing but straight white dudes. Yeah. And if they're not straight, they're not talking. Um, lot, lot, lot of, lot of white Christians on the first season. It's like, oh, these are the people <laughs> who will be able to make it. <laughs> during the water wars <laughs> but yeah it's fun i don't know i still like it but i it did i did take a pause on it to watch your recommendations so i will hold my thoughts oh and on your recommendation for that part and then i started reading i wanted a bedtime book and so if i'm gonna have a bedtime book it needs to be something that's going to be fun and not like I don't want a book that's going to really challenge me I don't want a book that's going to I don't want it to be the book that I'm going to be raving about for the next two years right like I don't want it right. to be the next seven husbands that keeps you up at night. <laughs> yeah yeah, up at night, yeah exactly right. I don't know I need a book that I really enjoy and I look forward to reading every night but also I can put down when I realize I'm too sleepy and my kindle starts hitting my face <laughs> um and so I thought I would give the book The Bodyguard Affair by Anna Stone and Hildred Billings a chance. And it's kind of perfect for that. It's super fun, but again, not, you know, life changing. That's totally fine because I think there's like a time and place for all kinds of books. And this is fulfilling exactly what I need. And so there's one character, Bianca. She's 22, I think. She's extremely pampered her you can see the way her mom treats her they're they're from like the she's in the wealthiest family in seattle and her mom is treating her like she's a little bubble girl because mm. she has she's her baby but also she has type 1 diabetes and it's like okay listen rich lady do you know that type 1 diabetes is a thing that we know how to live with now because the way <laughs> she treats this girl <laughs> who you would think she was 13 and not 22 mm. but her mom says that she has to have a personal bodyguard and she won't tell her why. And Bianca is like, are you fucking kidding me? I already have to live in a condo directly below your condo. Like, I don't want anybody following me around. And she said, okay, fine. If you're going to make me do this, I get to choose. And she's like, fine, fine, fine. You get to choose. So she meets with the CEO of the company that her mom is hiring from, who, of course, is this, you know, super hot woman. And she's like, it's you. <laughs> you will be my bodyguard. And she's like, I don't do that anymore. And she says, but you will. And guess what? <laughs> she, she does. <laughs> she does. And she's actually only 30. So former military, didn't want to do military anymore, builds up this bodyguard firm. I like to think of it as like pretty fantasy world almost. Like it's it's set in our world, but kind of in that like, okay, that a 30-year-old is able to set up this kind of a company and be doing this well. It's like, like yeah. it's... <laughs> It's fun. It's the, it is the kind of book where like you read it and you can kind of feel your fantasy. I'm only I think 15 or 20% in. So I have no idea still why the mother has hired a bodyguard uh, okay. for her daughter. And I want to know, and it, cause it's also interesting. It does flip between the perspectives as the two leads. Hmm. And so Sam is the hot body bodyguard and <laughs> at one point has this almost annoyed with Bianca because Sam knows what the threat is, but I don't think she yet knows that Bianca doesn't 
okay know what's going on and so has this like what the fuck is up with this super hot spoiled brat but like mm. super hot but she's spoiled <laughs> it's, yeah well <laughs> she doesn't know all she knows is her mom doesn't want to leave that want her to leave the house without somebody following her so i think there's something i think there's something really interesting there with her knowing she has to have a bodyguard not knowing why she has to and i think it's playing with all i think that is the element that's playing with all the dynamics and making it interesting so yeah if you want a romance that's really fun not going to change your life but you might enjoy it this could this could possibly be a good one are you done with it no (laughs) no no i'm like like i said i think i'm about 15 maybe 20 percent in. oh okay yeah i'm not even close to halfway i'm just far enough in to know that like they both they each like the look of the other one Mm. and like it would be more ideal for sam if they if she was not having to protect bianca because she would love to bang her (laughs) immediately if she could (laughs) all right so chris Yes. What is your official recommendation this week? <laughs> okay, my official recommendation is Glow Up Season Woo! 5. Ding dong, baby. Ding <laughs> dong. Delicious. Yes. <laughs> so, you know what I love about this show is that Everything? it's really, yes, it's really for everyone. It really yes. is. It's very positive. Unlike a lot of reality shows, you have, you know, one judge that's, you know, like a total jerk, like, ah, you suck. Why are you here? Your food sucks or your artwork sucks or whatever, you know, get out of here. It's not like that. It's extremely positive. You know, they will point out if there's something wrong, but they do it so delicately, you know, and it's just kindness. Yes, yes, yes. Because they will be hard on them. Like if they know that a contestant can do better. They'll call them out and they will be a little hard on them, but it's always, it always feels like it comes from a loving place. It really does. Like these people really care. Like everyone is so passionate about makeup and it's not about application. I mean, it is, but it's about art. It's about the art of makeup. And that's Mm -hmm. the difference. You know, most people are like, oh, this looks, you know, this, this isn't for me. It's all about makeup or fashion or whatever. The thing is, is you really become invested in these artists and how they express themselves from like, you know, every episode you see them improve and learn a little bit. And, you know, like, like before, because I've mentioned this and we've recommended this before, I am now an expert on blending. Yes. (laughs) We know about blending. We we know, we know how to apply prosthetics now. (laughs) Right. We're, we're great at blending spider Mm -hmm. mascara and glossing a lip, which is not lip gloss but glossing a lip is a lot different and maybe you picked up on this maybe you didn't Mm -hmm. what I've noticed now in this season is that like makeup isn't just for the particular part of your face that it's for Mm -hmm. like eyeliner has been you know and blush and eyeshadow goes all the way up into the eyebrow now or maybe up on the forehead and I just I mean that's Mm -hmm. not something that I see every day in my life but I thought, you know, a little bit of color in the, in the, um, eyebrows is kind of fun. So I might do something like that. Like I'm, I'm actually inspired Mm -hmm. by this and I'm not that person. I mean, we all know me. I wear a lot of black and hoodies and I don't really wear makeup, but this Mm -hmm. kind of inspires me a little bit to add a little bit of a, "Mm." that's fun. Yeah. I think (laughs) I was aware of some that i mean i used to wear a lot of makeup before the pandemic it just i don't know it felt good even with i have a fairly androgynous look mm-hmm. and even with that it kind of felt like fun to do as part of like the gender fuckery of it all mm. like why can't i have a very masculine haircut and pretty masculine clothes but with makeup like why not yeah um and then now that it's like I work remotely, I'm not putting on makeup to go <laughs> sit on Zoom all day, especially because I like to like my morning routine is I like to roll out of bed, do a workout, shower. But some of my workouts, like my makeup would slide off my face after right. my shower anyway, because I'm still sweating because like it's right to be middle aged. <laughs> um, so. I don't do that, but I still appreciate it. And I feel like I kind of get a lot of my makeup fixed by watching all the drag races all the time. Mm, so yeah, that's true. Like one of the challenges, because for the people that don't know, the structure of a glow up episode is they have a challenge 
And then two people that do the worst end up in what they call the red chairs, which means they have 15 fewer minutes for kind of the main, is it still, is it another challenge? What do you call it? Yeah, it's another like competition challenge, whatever. Yeah, it's a challenge. Right. And then the two in the bottom, the two who do the worst end up dealing with the face-off chairs where they take a set of twins and each person has to do the same idea on Mm -hmm. an identical twin. And I think that's a really clever way of doing it just to see because they're identical, Mm -hmm. what is their technique? Do they have the right balance? Are they blending enough? What are they doing? But they were, they had to do the new romantic style blush from the 1980s, which is this like hard, hard line Mm -hmm. across the cheekbone, but it goes up into and is blended up into the temples. And it was like, well, I mean, that's not far off from what Candy Muse was doing. <laughs> right. I mean, the eighties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and and like a hot pink. Oh yeah, it was beautiful. It's a great show. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um, like I love Val. Like I really do love Val. I do right? too. They, it- she and Dom have like the best chemistry. They really do. And I think the other thing I love about val is that she's not afraid to show when she is moved neither of them are but oh like when she's moved by makeup like we've joked before about her ding dong line but like there are times when she's like you can hear her she's choked up you can right. see she's got tears mm-hmm. and there was even she had to tell one of them like sorry but you lost you got to go home pack up right. your kit and i think it was only what three or four episodes in this season and you could see it really hurt her to have to send this particular person home. Well, I will say that, you know, without trying to give anything away, like she mm-hmm. has her, like she has one contestant. It's not her favorite contestant. It's just she sees the artistry in this person and wants them to elevate it every week. And you see her struggle when this artist doesn't perform. Or falls into, you know, the red chairs or something like that. Yeah, she is Mm -hmm. extremely emotional. I think Val just has a lot of respect for the artistry. The thing is, it's it's really cool because every episode is about something else. And you get to see, like, the prosthetics. You get to see, like, space aliens. You get to see any Mm -hmm. sort of, like, uh, whatever their challenge is for that week. It's an eight-week thing, so I think there's Mm -hmm. eight episodes. You know, the good thing about this show is if if you don't know a lot about queer people and you really want to see like mm-hmm. a show or see something that shows people okay being queer, people who are comfortable like with pronouns, you know, he pronouns and they wear a ton of makeup and style their hair and mm-hmm. just like just see how diverse it is, you know, and there's a lot of we have non-binary uh, contestants. We yeah. have she's we have hers we have he's and him and they them it's great and you learn yeah and he they's i think there's two he they's there and it's just it's just a good feel good show to introduce you maybe to more queerdom if you're if you're not comfortable or you don't know where to go i think glow up is a really good start to to learn things and it's fun to watch it's so fun to watch i think also Something they've been quite good at most of the seasons is racial diversity and even to a certain extent, body diversity. Like there are fat contestants, Mm -hmm. which is really exciting to see in a show like this. And I don't know that you would see if it was produced in the U.S. Right. Yeah. Because this is a British show. FYI. I was watching I was watching it yesterday or the day before and Neil likes to watch it too. He doesn't follow mm. the whole thing, but like if I'm uh. watching it, he'll watch some of it. And he was noticing, I think it was Saffron who was up on the screen. Or maybe it was one of the others, but he's like, you know what I love about British shows? They have people that just look like people. And it's true. Right. Like the contestants right. are all incredible at makeup, but we also get to see some you know, Saffron and Rue just look like normal British people. Yeah, they look like normal people. And yes, agreed. And, yeah. and you know, the good thing, too, is that you get to know them. It's not just mm-hmm. about their skills. You get to know, like, they have, you yes. know, some anxiety. They have, you know, they talk about their thing, their their issues. Oh, and, and like that first episode, <sighs> Saffron yeah. again, talking about how, so, so Saffron got a model. So I think. I can't remember what the actual challenge it was, but like 
the model deals with skin picking like her. And so mm-hmm. she found a way to honor that. Without ca- also... cover it up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in a way that like the model felt so beautiful. And mm-hmm. it was just, oh, that's, I mean, I don't think I've ever talked about it on here before, but like skin picking is the thing I've dealt with my whole life too. And so to see it like that and incorporated it in the makeup and not celebrated per se, but also not ashamed. Right. Oh, I just found it so beautiful. Like this show takes all these contestants as they are Mm -hmm. and doesn't shame them for anything. Like Ongme has a panic attack. Mm-hmm. in one episode and what we see isn't this like you got to get back in there but just like the love and the care mm-hmm. that she receives it's such a beautiful show you want the show about friendship this is the friendship show <laughs> that's true this is it is a beautiful show and i loved episode six and i know <gasps> you just too. i know you did I think, like I... I think it's fine to say who it is because it's not we don't have to talk about what happens in it but right. we won't say who the contestants are right but what I will say is Trixie Mattel is the guest judge. <laughs> so very famous from RuPaul's Drag Race, winner of All-Stars 3, contestant on season seven. And wonderful. Wonderful. Yes. I loved seeing her in this context and the critiques she was doing. But in the first challenge, the makeup artists or MUAs, as they always call them, mm-hmm. were doing makeup on very famous British drag queens right for like it was for an actual mac campaign for viva glam for pride month Mm -hmm. and so for me it was so exciting to see especially the ones that were on drag race uk so we saw the winner of i can't remember which season cheddar gorgeous we saw black peppa from the most recent season and victoria scone yeah who the thing that i thought was so cool about seeing victoria scone on there because when she and i'm using the pronoun based on drag like when i talk about drag performers i tend to use the drag pronouns <laughs> so when she was on drag race she was talking about being the only bio queen or afab queen but on this show victoria scone came out as non-binary in their real life which again was just like so cool showing how identity shifts and changes right. we all shift and change and grow so mm-hmm. I fucking love this show i know, I know. this is your recommendation <laughs> I, I feel like i should apologize for getting so excited and maybe dominating your well i knew i knew that when i saw when i saw the start of episode six i'm like oh my god here's tara she's gonna love this so much this is gonna be amazing and i, I will say this so like trixie was hilarious with oh, not yes. only dom and val but even with the contestants to make them feel comfortable doing what they were doing yes. and like i think it was was it with Rue? Like back and mm-hmm. forth. They had a hilarious back and forth. Yeah. Oh, so, so good. Yeah. I so. think actually, Chris, for you, uh-huh. something else you might like with Trixie Mattel that's like really accessible because some of she does so many things and like so many things online. But like if I was going to say if you wanted to check out one thing with her and this was the thing that hooked Neil as well is on youtube she does like a netflix movie slash tv show recap we watched um, it series. you told me to watch it right was it yeah what, what did we watch it it's called we, i like to watch which one did i give it to you for? yeah oh it was well, one, it, one of the dating shows it was one of the dating shows was it, it the queer ultimate no what yes, was it? yes was yes, it? yes 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 it was the ultimatum <laughs> queer love um but they do it for tons of stuff including right. like former glow up ones which i think is how she found out about cody i forget his last name but they brought him on you know the guy with that iconic insane blue eyeshadow look where like he would like look at the camera and oh yeah like (laughs) um they're all great and like there are certain shows that i don't really want to watch the show so i'll just watch her recap with katya on there because it's equally funny very shady but then there are certain shows like the what's that one on netflix i think it's like how to be a cult leader hmm that sounds familiar or something like that yeah so it's we didn't love the show there was some like good new information but it was just weird it had this whole framing of so you want to be a cult leader let's <laughs> talk about the you know this is the playbook and it's like all framed in the the cult leader playbook 
and Peter Dinklage is the, is the one who's like <laughs> doing the narration for all of that. So I think Neil was like, let's just watch like an episode a day. And I said, no, let's just pound through this whole thing. We're going to watch it as quickly as possible. And then we're going to watch Trixie and Katya talk about oh, it. Oh, nice. Which yeah. is also a great way to go with certain things. Like it's a beautiful payoff to see their reactions. I bet. So yeah, if you like her, do that. Oh, for Maybe sure. That was a great episode. Uh, I recommend it to everybody. Literally, anybody can watch this. Uh, it's all ages, wait, I think. Oh, what? You know, we forgot to talk about. Okay, what? there was one episode I hated. Uh, oh, which one did you hate? Do you want to guess? Let me think about it. Adidas? No, which yes! one? Yes! Oh my god. Okay, so they did an episode that already, it's only just hit Netflix. Like, I literally, I texted Chris and I was like, holy shit, there's a new glow up! And so that Boom. was what, like four <laughs> days ago or something? Right, I was on it. And already, that episode looks old and aged out and dumb because the first challenge is coming up with makeup concepts that will then be digitized Oh yeah, for Adidas for their fashion week in the metaverse, the metaverse. <laughs> and so they had the. I actually looked up this particular person who works for Adidas, and she's had a very interesting career. Hmm. But she is part of their like she kind of owns their whole digital Web three strategy, and so she's all over like nfts blockchain that type of stuff which like nfts have been proven to be bullshit like it's all kind of unraveled crypto is on fire (laughs) right most of the web3 thing has been shown to be you know run by con people and her last couple of roles or even kind of current because she's consulting for salesforce are in this world but then before that she was like running like global brand marketing and whatever for these huge companies. Like she's worked for Google and um, was it PayPal? It doesn't matter. But it was to me, it was so cringy. Yeah, that was a rough one. Seeing that stuff, I was like, oh, so if you also cringe at Web3 things, at NFTs and the like, maybe just like skip ahead to the end. Right to the end. Yeah. Just to see who is cut loose that was also the episode where somebody acted like the biggest brat i've ever seen in That's the history true. of this entire series <laughs> right i will say that i was ha- happy like mm-hmm. i think that that up until that point everything was perfect and then mm-hmm. like a, a that episode caused somebody's not true colors to show but just like their like inner ego ego to show and yeah so but other than that um yeah no i think i think it's a show for anyone it's a show for like i said all ages there's certainly nothing inappropriate i just i i think it's great like learn about your queerness learn about others learn Mm -hmm. better pronouns and how anybody can use pronouns and learn them quickly you know that's one thing i hear all the time especially with my older friends Mm -hmm. you know if i correct them with like they he whatever and oh it's fine i'm like no it's it's really not like it's it's not that hard it's not that hard and Mm -hmm. i think you know even in this to see val you know she like talks like it's no big deal like she knows all the pronouns it's not a problem so i feel like pronouns are a big issue in today's topics and and a lot of people are like i don't need to do that it's i just you know they don't they know i don't mean anything by it it's super easy to you know it's so easy to learn anybody can learn mm-hmm. even, even if people s- say i don't believe in pronouns and it's like <sighs> tell me you don't know what a pronoun is right without right. telling me you don't know what a pronoun is because you absolutely <laughs> use them all the time if you right. say he she they I like if you you if you're saying all of these things in your everyday speech, you do believe in pronouns. You don't believe in honoring somebody's declared identity. Oh, I think somebody used the the example of God uh, and said she. And then somebody corrected them like, see, you do care about pronouns. You know the importance of pronouns. 
but yeah, I think it's I think it's a great show, and I'm super excited that it was on. I'm glad you found it, and ding dong, it was great. Thank you. Ding dong. Yeah, ding dong. So, <laughs> uh, Tara, what is your official recommendation this week? Okay, so my official recommendation this week is uh, it's an indie video game. It's called Goodbye Volcano High. It is not available on the Switch, so I played it mm. on our PS5. I think it's on Steam. You know what? Like, just go look. If you're a gamer, just go look it up. You'll you'll find it. Um, or we can put it in the show notes. And it was one that Neil said, I think you should check this out. And then I watched the trailer. And I was like, okay, it looks all right. And some people have called it a visual novel. That doesn't feel quite true to me. Only because the animation style and the voice acting, like it actually felt like a TV show. It was one of the few video games where like usually even with visual novels, I will like speed through the dialogue because I'm reading it, but like I can read faster than Mm -hmm. kind of their pace. And so I'll speed ahead. And I didn't. So I felt like I was watching a TV show, but occasionally I had to like make choices about the dialogue or I had to play a mini game or something like that. So it's about a you get to play as fang in fang's last year of high school but it's this group of teenagers and actually kind of the world that's faced with an existential threat because they heard that a meteor is coming and what are they going to do and it turns out though that these teenagers are all dinosaurs this is all dinosaur people (laughs) and the meteor is coming to plangia and it's going to sound stupid when i say it like that but it's actually a really profound game And it's actually a really, really beautiful story. Like if you care about story and excellent writing, this is it. This is where it's at. And you don't have to be a great gamer to play it. So like I said, Fang is the main character. That's who you play as. You don't get to choose who your character is, nor do you get to customize it. Fang is non-binary. They went through a major wardrobe and hair change. Like last year, they had kind of bright red hair, which seems to be their natural They show up in like all black clothes, silver hair, kind of more of a goth style. Fang is in a band. And what Fang wants more than anything else in the world is to win Battle of the Bands. They've never been able to get in before because all their demos weren't seen as good enough. They have a chance now. And so their band, Worm Drama, if they win Battle of the Bands, will actually get to be like successful and just like tour and be able to be a band full time. Except. That may not be what the rest of the band wants. Yes. Chris has her hand up. Chris in the back. So my question is, what kind of dinosaurs? Like, I mean, a a T-Rex can't really play like. I don't think there was a T-Rex. Here's a brontosaurus can fit in a garage. I think Fang is a pterodactyl. And Fang's best friend, Trish, is a triceratops. It's just this like little guy. I don't know enough dinosaur names. There, there are no T Rexes. That I know I all the dinosaurs. Think. So See, this is what I'm intrigued with. Like out of all the things you're talking you... <laughs> about. <laughs> um, but like Fang's brother is not a pterodactyl, and I don't know mm. if their parents are. I don't really get how it works, and I just ended up not really worrying about it. The most. okay, that's true. I guess. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was really interesting because. It's basically, it looks like our world. It, it is like our world. There is a school. There is a coffee mm. shop. It is, they're wearing clothes like, you know, we would wear. It feels very like people, but there was a choice made to make them dinosaurs and say, what if we took the, the threat of the meteor coming? Because there was, you know, there was a meteor that like ended kind of the age of dinosaurs. And if anybody is like super big on the science for this, just please forgive and don't send me an email about it because I don't know a lot about that. <laughs> but, you know, they, they see the TV news and they're watching and there's this like, well, we don't know for sure if it's going to hit Plangia. Well, mm. maybe it will. And now it's going to. And so there's this constant like, well, are we going to live? And there's this, if we're all going to die, what actually really matters? Is kind of at the heart of it. And so it's also interesting because as it goes along, Fang starts getting these texts from a stranger and it's a secret admirer who is like, I've been too shy to tell you, but I've been into you for a long time. And so they start up kind of this like texting correspondence. And so like 
maybe Fang is also going to fall in love at the end of the world. We don't know. And so if I had to describe this game in one word, I think it would be poignant because it is really beautiful. But there is this, well, is is the meteor coming? Is this our last, like, yes, it's our last year of high school, but is this our last year of being together? Is it our Mm -hmm. last year of being alive? And so I think it was a really smart choice to set it in the last year of high school for this group of friends, because that always represents an ending anyway, right? right? Like, no matter what you do after high school, your life is profoundly different than it was when you were in it, whether you go to college or university or you go into the working world. And so it worked really well thematically with this. Okay. We know this one thing is going to end. What else is going to end? And so, you know, like Fang feels really lonely and misunderstood. Trish is their best friend, but Trish isn't around that often and isn't really making time for Fang. You know, they have to babysit their siblings a lot. They're really, they went to like a bug camp. They're really into entomology. So they were away for the whole summer and came back with a friend. They made their name Rosa, who like, Rosa is the loveliest. I thought Trish and Rosa were like maybe in a relationship, but it sounds like maybe it's just Trish's new best friend or something. I feel like that was maybe a little bit of a, you you know us, we love love. We love to see people get together. So I'm just like, put them together. (laughs) It's already a queer game, but like put them together. (laughs) And, you know, Fang's friends all play L&L, which is like Dungeons and Dragons, but without having to license the Dungeons and Dragons name, it stands for Legends and Lore. And as a D&D player, I actually really loved what happened with that and how it was used as another place to channel some of this existential angst. I thought there were some really clever choices there, but like, again, talking about the feeling lonely and misunderstood, you know, Fang's parents are still dead naming them, mm-hmm. which we, which we do see. And they don't get along super well with their brother. Who's like the class president. He's younger oh. than Fang, but like, you know, he's respected and popular and all this. Um, and also Fang isn't planning on applying to college because you know worm drama has a chance we're going to get to the battle of the bands and we're going to win and then we, who needs college when we could be a successful band but you see trish signing up for college oh. because she wants to go study entomology and then reed is the other member of the band their other best friend who's like i don't i don't really know what i'm gonna do and then of course there's like a fucking meteor so like if we're talking about poignant like again like literally are they all gonna die and so I think the thing that I, where it feels the most clever is that it's a metaphor for what we're all sort of going through. And I think like the meteor thing feels not unlike what we're going through with the climate disaster. Mm-hmm. Cause we don't know what's going to happen. And we do know that in some countries, like people are literally dying because of flooding, because of right. fires, because of earthquakes and the like and it's been happening for years and it's only getting worse and i mean if you want to talk about queer people like it feels like there's i have a lot of existential angst as a queer person because of the rising fascism and you know the way sure it's just well it's not just in the u.s i mean it's happening in hungary and other and russia and other countries too where like there's legislation against queer people and you know, some people say, hey, it's better in Canada. And it's like, yeah, it's better in Canada right now. Right. Like right now. But the person who's heading up the conservative party is highly aligned with the fascists in these other countries. And so like seeing that, and I don't think it's a coincidence that like it's a developer out of Montreal. It's a little mm-hmm. studio that that put this out. So it was nice to see them work through their feelings and their challenges and how are they going to pull through it but then you know it's broken up with there there are mini games kind of here and there there's a rhythm game aspect to it because fang is a musician and so there's like different things you do with the buttons so that you're you're playing quote unquote you're playing the music this oh my god chris 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 (laughs) you're all about music right (laughs) i am the soundtrack is really good actually (laughs) like they they worked with some artists to like come up with original music for the game and so it feels like very indie lilith fair-esque dreamy kind of music 
Um, it's on Spotify. I don't imagine you're going to play the game, but like if you wanted to check out the music and you look up Goodbye Volcano High on Spotify, you can even just listen to that. <laughs> I will. Playing. Like Neil and I would occasionally turn to each other like, holy shit, the music is actually like really good. <laughs> like, I think I'm going to listen to it more. And I also love that with the dialogue options, because again, senior year of high school, high, high drama times anyway, there are dialogue options that lets Fang be messy and mean and say mm. things that maybe she wouldn't have necessarily wanted to say. And so I think the one thing I'll say, the one I think kind of blessing in the curse of the dialogue options, if I could go back and change one thing, because at first I was choosing messy and then I was like, I... This doesn't feel good. I think Fang's just going to be nice from here on out. <laughs> and Fang was nice. And I don't think it's going to be a surprise because I've talked about how what Fang wants versus what Fang's friends want right. is a little different. So, of course, a confrontation has to happen at some point. But because I chose mostly nice dialogue options... The confrontation almost feels out of nowhere. And so I think there it was it comes across almost like Fang has these blinders because me as the player, I could see Trish is doing these other things and Reed is also applying for college. These other people are doing these other things. But Fang is like, this comes out of nowhere. And Trish, especially like when they go and have their own conversation, because I chose only the nice options, it feels like Trish is gaslighting Fang a little mm. bit. So I'm going to say for anybody who picks this up, lean into the mess. I kind of wish I had done that. I think I'm going to replay it and do it that way just to see what happens. Because I suspect that if you play it that way with Fang as like more focused, it makes the rest of the game just make so much more sense and makes it better. But like I sat down last Saturday, Sunday, I sat down last Sunday and I don't think I got off my couch for four or five hours. Wow. Except to pee. Sounds like me. <laughs> I did get up to pee. Yeah. And then I finished it yesterday because uh, I almost started it Friday night and I was like, no, I know how I am with this game. I need to. So get the game. It's really good. Give yourself like large chunks of time because you're not going to want to pause. And it's just, yeah, it's a really lovely, wonderful game out of a small indie studio. And I hope, I think it's small. Anyway. If maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But anyway, out of an indie studio, music is great. Character work is great. Feels like an anime um, about mm. dinosaurs. And I really, yeah, I really love this one. I think there's something really special about it. And I hope a lot of people pick it up and support it. That's sweet. So that's all for this episode. Thank you. Thank you to everybody who listened. If you've enjoyed the show and you haven't subscribed yet, you know, we tell you this every time. Please make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You'll get notified when we release an episode. If you have a friend that you think would like the show, please tell them all about it. Or if you'd like to support us, we have links in our show notes to our coffee and our newsletter sign up. If you like the newsletter, send that to a friend also. I had a coworker, sorry, it was one of my former bosses it's funny, every so often I complain on here about like, so much goes in the newsletter, but I don't hear anything. And what I do, who I do hear from is like real life friends and coworkers who I didn't even know <laughs> signed up. So like a former oh, that's cool. colleague. Yeah, she texted me. She's like, your newsletter was so good today. And I was like, wow, thank you. And we got an email from one of my former bosses who has a queer kiddo, I think a, a trans teenager, who said that she shares some of the links with their kid and just really appreciates it so yeah share the newsletter with other people in your life that you think might need some of the things that we share in there yes or if you want to connect with us on your favorite social media sites we have links in the show notes for that as well or you can just search for curly recommended on instagram facebook tiktok any other place or email us <laughs> at podcast at curly recommended.com goodbye everyone goodbye Hey everyone, 
Welcome to Queerly Recommended, the podcast where we recommend queer books, films, TV shows, and more. I'm Tara Scott, and I review sapphic fiction at the Lesbian Review and Smart Bitches Trashy Books. Chris is laughing right now because <laughs> I la- had those points in the wrong order in the outline, and I tripped myself up, but we're going to just keep moving. This week, I'm recommending a documentary. No, I'm not. Not. Jesus Christ. I'm starting this whole thing over again. That was a lie. This can go. This can be an outtake. Yes. Wow. I could not have done a better job of setting it up for maximum None of this is right. I was doing pretty well, mostly. (laughs) Oh, there you go. Because I was like, what? I thought it was a video game. It is a video game. (laughs) That was the part where it fell apart. I was like, I was even, I was leaning in on the. Yeah, you're like, we're just going to keep going. It's okay. Nope. Well, because it felt right. Like, if I felt good and it felt (laughs) funny to call myself out. And then, anyway. All right. Let's do Uh, that again. (laughs) 